Greetings, Progateers, and welcome to Is This Prog, an all-new podcast series from the creative minds behind Desert Island Dicks, Keep Talking, and The Revelation Station. In each episode, I'll be listening to a different album and asking the question, Is This Prog? Episode Zero. What is prog, anyway? In this all-new show, I'll be listening to albums and answering the question... Is this prog? But before we do that, let's first answer the question. What is prog? And that, dear listeners, is an answer of two halves. The first half is really the history of progressive rock music. Prog rock was born from the psychedelic rock scene of the 1960s. Big names such as the Beatles and the Beach Boys embraced this more freeform way of making music in their later careers. Good Vibrations, by the Beach Boys, is very much a pre-prog song, with weird sounds and odd key changes. Sgt Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band began the shift towards different forms of songwriting, moving away from love songs and embracing more narrative lyrics. the history of prog rock music is too big to cover here. It would need a series all of its own. But I'm hoping to define what connects bands like Caravan Standing on a golf course Dressed in PVC I chanced upon a golf girl Selling cups of tea She asked me did I want one Asked me with a grin you can buy one Full right to the brim So of course I had to have one In fact I ordered three So I could watch the golf girl Genesis And will I wait forever Beside the silent mirror And fish for bitter minnows Amongst the weeds and slimy water Or King Crimson. The likes of Coheed and Cambria. Quick, us, 
Talking Heads. Chemical romance. He said, "Son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten, and the damned?" He said, "Will you defeat them, your demons, and all the non-believers, the plans that they have made?" Because one day. Does anything? From the 1960s right up to the present day, bands have been classed as prog rock, seemingly with very little in common. I'm going to aim to talk about each album I review in context of what proper prog was released in the same year, to hopefully build up a little bit of history in each episode. A bit like one of those part-work magazines that start off promising a 100 issues but end suddenly after only 13, leaving you with a half-completed Star Trek spaceship or Doctor Who figure. Hopefully I won't get cancelled, though. I'm also going to put the album in context with the rest of the artist's output. Is it a huge change of direction? Is it a debut? Basically, how does it fit within each artist's discography? The second half of the answer relates to the rules of the podcast, namely, how am I going to define what prog actually is? Now, you may well have your own ideas, and you're more than welcome to send them to me at revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com. To start off with, I'm going to be using my rules to decide prog or not. So to begin with, let's get one thing clear right from the start. This show is going to cover albums which, for the most part, you may not normally associate with prog rock. I'm not going to be covering albums by acts that everyone agrees are progressive rock. There is going to be no debate about whether Invisible Touch... Nine oh one two five. Say you don't 
Rampage. prog or not, and I'm also not going to be covering solo output from established proggers. There's going to be no debates here about whether Phil Collins' solo work is prog or pop. Spoiler, it's pop, but that doesn't mean it's bad. And there's no questioning if Steve Wilson is still making prog music. Spoiler, yes, he most certainly is. move on. Before I explain my rules, it will be wise to look at some definitions of progressive rock. Wikipedia is my first port of call, and it contains this promising nugget. The scope of progressive rock is sometimes limited to a stereotype of long solos, long albums, fantasy lyrics, grandiose stage sets and costumes, and an obsessive dedication to technical skill. I think we can all agree that the public perception is exactly that. Long songs about dragons and elves, usually with widdly widdly keyboard solos. But the wiki also says, Lyrics were more poetic, technology was harnessed for new sounds, music approached the condition of art, which often involved creating music for listening rather than dancing. Ah, now that's more like it. As prog fans, and I'm assuming you're at least prog curious, if you're listening to this, we know the stereotypes aren't always true. I mean, sometimes they are, sure, I'm looking at you, yes, but we know there's a lot more depth than that. So that's one of my rules. Do the songs contain meaningful lyrics? Perhaps telling a story, or perhaps not. There, that's the first rule. What else? By the reptile spell Sulfurous essence Pervades round the grassy dell Hero awaits him Like lamb to the butcher's knife Spell near the heavens Ignore even children's cries ProgressiveRockCentral.com says that progressive rock is a musical genre that was initially developed in the United Kingdoms in the late 60s and had its golden age in the first half of the 1970s. 
Ah, now that's very true, but the existence of Prog magazine in the 21st century suggests that it's only part of the story. Prog keeps being declared dead. Its killer is punk, or disco, or synth-pop, or emo, or, or, or... But it keeps coming back. It goes underground for a few years until a band in the mainstream suddenly revives it, making it popular again. In my opinion, the 2020s are another golden age of prog, as were the early to mid-80s and the early 2000s. Prog Rock Central also says, What took progressive rock to another level was that the musicians who got involved had a more developed understanding of music theory and musical history. So are they saying that prog rock musicians understand music much better than other types of musicians? If they are, then I strongly disagree. I'm not denying that Keith Emerson was a superb musician, but is he better than George Clinton or Prince? Both masters of their chosen genres, and in the case of Prince, someone with a deep understanding of music theory and history. Now, clearly this is another form of musical snobbery, the opposite of the wiggly-wiggly keyboard stereotype. I'm not going to use musicianship as one of my criteria, because I don't think that matters. To go back to the example of Prince, He's one of the best guitarists who ever lived. Don't believe me, check out some of his live work on YouTube. But he isn't prog. Or is he? Maybe we'll have to find out. On the flip side, the snooker player Steve Davis is a prog musician from his work with the Utopia Strong and his overall love of prog music. So yeah, being a virtuoso isn't really important to me. ProgRockArchives.com provides me with two more rules. They say, progressive rock bands pushed rock's technical and compositional boundaries by going beyond the standard rock or popular verse-chorus-based song structures. And Wikipedia agrees, progressive rock is based on fusions of styles, approaches and genres. Yes, this. Most, but not all, prog shies away from the verse-chorus-verse structure. Think close to the edge. All supper's ready. Don't 
Part of that involves length. Ooh, uh. Your standard pop song clocks in around three minutes. All of the tracks on Revolver by the Beatles, for example, are three minutes or less, apart from I'm Only Sleeping, which is two seconds over. That's because most radio stations in the 60s had a two and a half to three minute maximum. Anything over that probably wouldn't get played, although the Fab Four's Ticket to Ride flaunted that by being three and a half minutes and still getting to number one. Anyway, back to the point, that gives me two more rules. Songs don't stick to a standard pop song structure, and they're generally longer. Let's say, over five minutes in length. I see a little silhouette of a man Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me Galileo, Galileo, Galileo Figaro Magnifico! Now you may be saying, but Simon, what about concept albums? Surely they are an integral part of a prog rock oeuvre. And yes, they are. But the idea of a concept album isn't exclusive to prog rock. Returning to Wikipedia for a moment, a concept album is an album that is defined by a theme, which can be instrumental, compositional, narrative or lyrical, it says. And there's a long list of albums that are considered to match that definition, ranging from Alice Cooper's School's Out... Outcasts speaker box slash the love below. Yeah, I don't want to hear you just want to dance. Shotgun Willie.
gun Willie sits around in his underwear Biting on a bullet Pulling out all of his hair A shotgun Willie's got all of his family there Well you can't make a record If you ain't got nothing to say Also, concept albums as we mean it in a prog sense are not as common as you might think. Jethro Tull did loads, but that's Ian Anderson for you. Rush and Yes only did one. Marillion and Genesis only did two, if you include from Genesis to Revelation under that banner anyway. So no, I won't be looking at whether the album is a concept album, inverted commas, If prog music is for listening to rather than dancing, then we've already established that there's probably some sort of concept at play. And the sandcastle virtues are all swept away In the tidal destruction, the moral malaise The elastic retreat rings the close of play As the last wave uncovers the new fangled way But your new shoes are worn at the heels And your sun tends rapidly feel And your white men don't know how it feels So there they are, my three rules for deciding if an album is prog or not. Let's just go over them again. Rule 1. Do the songs contain meaningful lyrics, perhaps in the form of a story? Rule 2. Do songs deviate from verse-chorus-verse structures? Number 3. Does the album contain songs which are over 5 minutes in length? So each episode... I'm going to be listening to an album and applying those three rules to answer the question, is this prog? No judgement, I'm not going to be reviewing the album on its merits or its chart position or its cover. I am probably going to give you my opinion on the album, whether I like it or not, regardless of if it's stamped prog or not. Feel free to agree or disagree and send me your opinions using the email at the top of the show. If you think my rules don't cover everything, let me know. I'm open to adding or changing rules as I go along. I'd also really like your suggestions of albums to review. Bear in mind what I said about acts that you normally associate with prog, though. Do you think the Ramones were prog? Do you think Michael Jackson was prog? What about orchestral manoeuvres in the dark? Let me know, and maybe I'll put them to the test. But please, one more thing to remember. I'm not a musician just an invested music fan. I don't know my 4-4 time from my glissando, so please don't email me to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I already know I don't. I'm judging the music on my opinion and the feeling I get from it. Chances are I won't understand you if you get too technical anyway.
So join me soon for episode number one, when I will be listening to Abbey Road by The Beatles and asking the question, is this prog? Thank you for listening to Is This Prog from the Revelation Station. Presented, written and produced by Simon Helper. All music is copyright the respective artists. If you've enjoyed it, please consider buying or streaming. Send your album or rule suggestions, or just your thoughts on the episode, to revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com. You can support this podcast by subscribing on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash revelationstationpodcast, or for a less long-term commitment, you can donate the price of a coffee by heading to buymeacoffee.com and searching for The Revelation Station. This has been a Revelation Station production. Well, was that Mr. Monday? Oh, yes. You two are in prison together, were you not? I... I saw him around. 